Welcome to episode number 299 of Category 5 Technology TV. It is Tuesday, June the 11th, 2013, and I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. And I'm your co-host, Erica Long. And coming up in the newsroom, apparently they can accurately control robots with simple thoughts now. A school code-breaking contest is set up to select the, the cybersecurity talent of tomorrow. The new PlayStation 4 will be around $100 cheaper than the new Xbox One. Hon- oh. And Honda is building a lawnmower that moves at a top speed of 210 kilometers an hour. So stick around for these, st- <laughs> yeah, okay, for I these stories coming this. up in the, sh- in the showroom. All right, guys, uh, tonight is very exciting. We're continuing kind of our, our micro unofficial series on uh, web server hosting and, and how to secure up our, our web server. So tonight, actually, we're going to be looking at a couple of products that are going to tell you whether or not your website, your blog, your WordPress blog or whatever you have going is susceptible to somebody hacking it somebody turning it into a malware site. Uh, so we're going to show you a couple of different tools that are going to cost you absolutely zero. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. This is Category 5 Technology TV. EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com This is Category 5 Technology TV. It's episode number 293. Or 299. 299. (laughs) What am I talking about? 299. We're so close to 300. One week to go. I know. I'm just, I'm obviously in a time warp loop here. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, well, welcome to our new registered viewers. We have Shivi and Boosfalo. Boosfalo. Or however you say these names, folks. Or, sh- yeah, Chevy. It's like you know, Chevy, but Chevy. with an extra E, so. Chevy. Welcome to the show. Hey, why would people want to register here at Category 5? Well, it's free for one thing. It allows you to receive extra features that are not available to non-registered viewers. So if you want to be able to receive an email from Category 5 just before the show goes live, even after the show has signed off the air, you'll receive an email with free downloads and links to get the HD video file, to be able to download the MP3 file if you want to listen to it on the road, and so on and so forth. And speaking of listening to Category 5 on the road. We have our uh, Category 5 radio, pardon me, Category 5 radio available to you, and it is at m.cat5.tv. You'll see it there. You can also listen on your computer, uh, but ideally, it's a great way to be able to listen to the show from your mobile device if you can't actually watch at that time. m.cat5.tv. We recently upgraded our mobile site. Uh, we've got the live streaming video, live streaming audio. Everything is right there, uh, so make sure you check it out. Great to see everybody. It is. It's good to be back as well. It's good to see everybody in the chat room. Um, it's definitely been pretty intense. I'm in school for the summer. You're back in, eh? I'm back in school. Oh. I'm always in school. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm almost. I'll be done in July, and then back to school in the fall. So I'm still doing it. So you literally summer. get like one or two months down. I get a month a, off. A month off? I get a month off. <laughs> okay. Just enough time to <laughs> regain. And, well, that's cool. Things are going well. But yeah, things are going well. I'm, you know, enjoying the summertime in um, in Toronto. It's quite nice. I've actually now learned the bus system pretty well. I was very, I was like a, pretty much a tourist starting out. Yeah. Like I would get lost everywhere I go. But now when I go places, I'm getting to where I want to go. You get used to it pretty quick, eh? Yes, you do get used to it really quick because if you don't, then you end up at the other end of Toronto or you're in another city. Why is it taking me four <laughs> hours to get to school? Well, I now What's have like on? my new rule. If you're on a bus more than 45 minutes, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> and 
then it takes an hour and a half to get where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> so. Exciting stuff happening uh, this coming Monday, but technically we're actually recording on Thursday. But we are a member of the Tech Podcast Network, and uh, if it's tech, it's here. Uh, but one of the things that we're involved with this week is that they have asked us to uh, be a guest host, uh, kind of guest host, so Category 5 uh, host and co-hosts are going to be joining uh, in for TPN Weekly. It's an online audio broadcast, and uh, that's actually going to be available to you on Monday at blog.techpodcasts.com. But you can also just watch our Twitter uh, feed. You see our Twitter down there is Category 5 TV, uh, and of course we're going to post it there as soon as it becomes available. But if you'd like to listen in on the uh, on the actual recording session, it takes place, as you see on the calendar at category5.tv. It takes place this Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. Cool. cool. should mention as well um, that, uh, that we are a member of the Internet, International Association of Internet Broadcasters. And uh, we're going to just pretty much get right into our feature tonight. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So I, I know that a lot of you and, and uh, just a lot of us, it's, it's fun to tinker with building a website. And one of the cool things that you can do is you can get out there, you can get WordPress, you can get Joomla, you can get all these different pieces of software. And you can use those to expedite the process of getting your own website built. So it can, you know, using WordPress, you can build a really quick website and you can get online very, very quickly. But what happens if you don't a- apply the security patches because maybe you just don't know how or maybe you've never done it before? Or maybe you install um, a plugin, something like that, that actually causes your system to become exploitable. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're looking at tonight. I want to show you how we can pr- uh, basically determine. Pardon me. How we can determine if your website is exploitable as well as your web server. So the first tool that I want to look at, and I told you that I would look at a couple of tools that are available to you free of charge, and they certainly are. The first one, of course, you're probably running a Linux server uh, to run your website. If you're using a shared hosting service, it's possible that maybe you don't have access to logging into SSH and running scripts directly on the server. Maybe you only have FTP access or something like that. But if you're in a case where you actually have physical access to a server or you you built the actual box or you're hosting it at home on a Linux box, something like that, then this uh, initial piece of software that we're looking at is going to be for you. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do this on my computer here just to show you what what it is that uh, that we can do in order to determine if our computer or our server is susceptible to hackers and malware and people exploiting our site but first why would that be a concern I mean why does it matter if somebody exploits our website there are a couple of different reasons first of all if your website is getting hit by hacker attacks or uh, exploited code maybe they're using your website to send out spam for example, that's just one thing that can be done using injection code. It'll affect the performance of your server. So all of the websites that you're hosting on that web s- server are going to be really, really slow. But also, all of a sudden, you wonder why are none of my emails getting through? Why can't I send email to anybody? It always bounces back because all of a sudden you find yourself on blacklists because somebody reports that there's a lot of spam coming out of this server that has, it's not you, it's somebody has exploited it. And so all of a sudden you're blocked. But it gets worse because if you're in Google and you're working really, really hard to get up in the search engine results, Google, Bing, Yahoo, AltaVista, you know, whatever it may be that you're trying to get your rankings up in, if they detect that all of a sudden your site has been compromised, then guess what? You become a part of that blacklist as well. Or people who are running antivirus products on their computers, they go to your website and it says, can't go to this website, it's a security risk. So now you've got a loss of your reputation because people don't feel like they can trust your website or your company if it's a company website. If it is a company website, then you've got the loss of revenue too. You've got this chance to actually lose sales because people are going to your website and saying, whoa, I'm getting a warning here that there's some kind of a malicious software or something exploited on this website. So all of a sudden that becomes a really, really big problem. The other thing that I like to take into consideration is that I want my website viewers, visitors, uh, viewers in our case, but my website visitors, I want them to be safe. 
I don't want to run the risk of distributing malicious programs onto their computer that could uh, exploit them or possibly be involved in some kind of identity theft thing that happens to them. So I want to make sure that my server is as safe as possible. So step one is the server itself. So the first thing that I want to do is I want to install a piece of software that is going to allow us to scan our local server. So if you're SSH'd into this server or whatever you are, all we need to do uh, is go sudo apt-get ins... Well, first we would do an update. Okay? I've already done that. So we're just going to go install Linus. And it's spelled a little bit differently than you would expect. L-Y-N-I-S. And then hit enter. Enter your password for super user. And you'll see that it's going to get one new package. And this one is just going to tell us you know, what, what could be done differently about our actual physical server to make it safer to be running websites on it. And it could be our computer or whatever. Really, really simple. You're going to love this. All we need to do is enter a really quick command because now it's, you see that it's installed and it's gone through OK. We've installed it with apt-get. You can install it with your favorite package manager. I happen to be on point Linux, which is Debian 7. Um, so all I'm going to do is go sudo, because we need to be sudo, uh, super user again, linus-c, which is to say check all, use all of the scans that we have possible and available to us, and then dash capital Q. And that means just do it. Don't bother querying me. Um, I don't want to have to hit enter every time that it runs a scan and finds something. I want it to just finish the scan and go through so it's quiet mode. And it's just going to finish the whole thing and then output what it finds. So with that command, sudo linus dash lowercase c dash uppercase q, hit enter, and you'll see that all of a sudden, this amazing free scanner is going to go through my server or my computer and scan all open ports and possible uh, software that is exploitable, things like that. But what's lovely about this, if I can say, is that it doesn't just detect, hey, by the way, you've got this exploit that could be problematic, it actually provides really good suggestions. And so this software will say, okay, well, here's what you need to do. You need to install a PAM module for password strength testing. That would be a good idea. And it actually goes step by step through every suggestion that it has based on your computer. And you may find some interesting things in here that you may not have thought about or, or realized would actually help improve the uh, the, the security of your server. Think about if it's co-located. Here's one here. Why don't you disable drivers like your USB storage when not in use? You could SSH in and disable your USB storage drivers because what can happen is somebody on site could plug in a USB drive and all of a sudden they're walking away with your data or your customer data or your user's data. Hmm. So we're thinking now not just for security as far as somebody hacking but also data theft. So it gives some really, really great suggestions. That is called Linus. The next one that we need to do is we need to find out, okay, now that we know that our server is, you know, this is what we need to do to our server. It's given us a full report. And I mean, it is a, a very, very comprehensive report. I didn't scroll up very, very, very far here. But look at all the stuff that it's tested here. I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Everything. It's just gone through a ton of stuff just to tell me what I need to do to, to really solidify the security of my server. So now that we know that, we want to know, okay, well, okay, well, maybe, you know, this port is open, but I have a firewall, and so it's actually not open to the world because it's blocked at the firewall. Or maybe it's not a concern that port 80 is open because obviously we're hosting a website. So, But how do we know, like I said at the beginning of the segment, mm -hmm. I've got WordPress or I've got Joomla, and they're constantly bringing out security fixes and patches but I'm not updating them because it's really really tedious sometimes or maybe I just you know maybe I installed my blog and I haven't used it yet or it's maybe I've it's fallen by the wayside and it's just sitting there maybe I've got a Joomla 1.5 install and it's just sitting there so all of a sudden that becomes really really dangerous because all the exploits that are found to this software that is publicly available so you imagine WordPress I can go and download WordPress and I can read through all the source code and find out exactly how it works. And then I can say, oh, looks like the programmers made a mistake here. They accidentally put a dollar sign instead of an ampersand. And so now 
I've got access and I've figured out a way to inject code into a website. So then I just do a search for any WordPress site and I start injecting. So the tool that I want to show you now is in fact going to test from the outside world what can be exploited on your server. It's going to throw script commands at your server's get line. So if you're watching your Apache logs, for example, you're going to start to see some really interesting stuff because it's going to basically test everything that they possibly can. So what I'll get you to do is bring up a simple website. Here's the address for you. cat5.tv slash stop the hacker. It's as simple as that, cat5.tv slash stop the hacker. And when we do that, it's going to take us over to a service called Stop the Hacker. And you'll see that it does a lot of different things. One of the things that it does is it detects malware. It detects mm -hmm. whether there are exploitable scripts that are on your server that could be exploited. It checks ports. It sees if there's anything that's opened up that shouldn't be. It does a lot of stuff. And it's absolutely free to run this, uh, this scan, which they call the, vul uh, the uh, website vulnerability check. So all that you have to do is just enter your website address in here, just like that, and that would be your website. And you would go to cat5.tv slash stop the hacker to get here. And we press the free vulnerability scan. And now it's going to ask me for very, very simple information, my email address, my domain, my first name and my last name, phone number, and so on. What I'd actually like to do, Erica, if I may, I think mm. I should bring up my server log so that we can actually see what's going to happen here. Because it is mm -hmm. rather interesting to see firsthand what's yeah. happening when they run this, this scan. So we're just going to, I'm just going to SSH into our server. We're going to actually go with the, r the real server. in. <laughs> I am so secure. There's multiple levels of security. <laughs> there we go. And now we are in that server. We've already looked at a couple weeks ago Apache Top, which is an amazing tool to allow me to see what's actually happening on my server. So I've got that running on the server now. We're going to jump over to our cat5.tv slash stop the hacker. We're going to enter my email address. Get rid of the HTTP colon slash slash on your website address. We're going to say Robbie Ferguson 254-522-8588 which is our phone number here. And then I agree to the terms and conditions which you can read on the site and then run a free scan. There we go. Oh. So What's going to actually happen is it is going to start scanning the site. Now, I see that, okay, well, because I've already run this scan, they're actually saying, no, it won't allow me to run the scan again. So I'm going to show you. I happen to take a screenshot, which is brilliant of me. Here we go. Oh, and it looks like they may, may actually let me run it a second time. I better check. So I'd love to show you this. get the screenshot up for you just in case but if that starts whacking away at our server which it is oh brilliant look at this what's going on so you see what is actually happening what they're doing is they're hitting uh, pages on my website that don't even exist they're trying to get into the root user folder that tilde means that it's trying to get into root uh, they're trying to access index.html with a tilde at the end which is a backup file they're scanning through all these different files that don't even exist on my website, so my logs are going to show 404. But if you happen to be running one of the pieces of software that they are scanning for exploits, say the site server software happens to be on your server, then they will determine whether or not it is able to be exploited. So then, once that's done, here's the brilliant part. Remember that this is absolutely free. You're going to actually receive a report by email, and it's very, very comprehensive. Now, my report, even though our website came up and, and 
Now, we put a lot of work into the security mm -hmm. of our website, so I was pleased to find that we actually don't have any critical exploits. Um, you see that our results are very, very good here at Category 5. But it does give me some info, and there are 12 pages here to this comprehensive report that tells me some of the things that I can do to increase the security of my website. Where it's going to get a lot different is if you happen to have a script running on your site, Joomla, whatever, that is exploitable. And what I mean by that is somebody could inject code into your website. They could use your server to control other computers or to send out mass email, or they could break your website or compromise your user data. You often hear about big companies that you know somebody hacked into their database and were able to steal user passwords, things like that. Usually that's how it's done. They're going to be using a, a, some kind of form of SQL injection, which is going to be tested for by this scan. So do check it out. It's cat5.tv slash stop the hacker. It is free to get that report. It's going to tell you all the different things that are concerns about your website. They do also offer some really, really cool services that I'm just going to really quickly just let you know about. It Basically, they can operate very much like a uh, antivirus product, an anti-malware product for your actual website. So if you've got the report and you decide, you know what, I really want to make this an ongoing thing, you can actually go through, let's say, a small business uh, plan, and starting at 10 bucks a month, you can get reputation monitoring and blacklist monitoring, which is going to tell you if, if anything has happened on your website um, that you should be concerned about. It's going to scan for known malware, scan for viruses, and it's going to scan every single page on your website. And then, <coughs> pardon me, the plans can go up from there. The reason I show you that is because you can actually have a proactive scan running on your website so that you don't have to manually run this free report every time. Also, some of the plans that they offer will automatically remove malware from your website. Everything that I've shown you so far, all that it does is it tells you if there is a problem, and then it's up to you to actually do something about it. So don't think that what I've shown you tonight is going to fix your problems. What I want to show you tonight is we want to know, is there a problem? Is there something on your website that you need to be knowledgeable about and, and aware of that somebody could exploit or possibly is already exploiting and using server resources, attacking your customers and, and possibly compromising their confidentiality. Those are the things. So once you know, and if you find that, oh, I actually do have a, a lot of critical threats here, then you need to contact your local web designer or if you know how to program your way around it, it will give you su some suggestions. Uh, but essentially you need to get those holes patched, get them fixed up at that point. And that's where, you know, with Category 5, with our report coming up as showing that we have no critical issues at this time, I could get all, ah, you know, I'm <laughs> so good at security and I'm so great and I'm way ahead of the hackers and blah, blah, blah. But the fact is, is that the hackers are always working to exploit and always working to compromise your data. So should I get like that and be all confident and, oh, now I don't, I don't, I ran a report in 2013, I know I'm safe. No, because they're still working on it, so you need to continue to work on it as well. At the very least, every six months, be doing something to make sure that your website is absolutely safe, uh, not just for your, your users, but for, for you, for your company's reputation and for, uh, for your blog, for whatever it is that you do. It's a good, good practice, absolutely. And of course, you know, now that you're dealing with that, welcome to the world of website administration. That's <laughs> what it's about. Sometimes I'm sitting there hacking the hackers, I call it, when the hack comes and you're fighting, fighting, fighting. Um, <laughs> well, it's definitely it's something it. you have to, um, you know, take in, like, take in hand. Like, you have to be in control of the security of your site you you know yeah. your users want to make sure that they're safe going on to your site mm -hmm. and i think by you know increasing your reputation just by a scan is a big thing for even your site as well yeah mm -hmm. you know it's all about increasing your reputation for your customers as and well. just maintaining it i mean you work mm -hmm. so hard to get up there in google why lose it on account of somebody hacking your site and defacing you I think it's a it's a tough thing too because I've seen it happen where a customer will mm -hmm. you know they'll they'll buy a website long long ago get it built 
want a content management system. So, of course, you're looking at something like Drupal or uh, Joomla or something along those lines, WordPress. And then for five years, they do nothing. And then when it happens, because it will happen, pretty much guarantee you, somebody exploits the site, and what does it come down to? Who are we going to blame? Do we blame the person who set up the website for us in the first place, or do we blame the web host because they should be protecting you? No, it's up to you to make sure that your website is, is safe because it's your code and it's your responsibility to keep mm-hmm. that up to date. So hopefully I've equipped you tonight with some tools that are going to help you to understand what you need on your website. Check out Linus on your Linux box. Check out cat5.tv slash stopthehacker from any computer to scan your website and find out what, uh, what's going on. And let us know if those have been helpful for you. So, Awesome. Thanks, everybody. No problem. Ready for the news? Oh, I'm ready. All right. <laughs> so here are the top stories from the Category 5 newsroom. So robots are a step closer to reading our thoughts. Thanks to researchers at the University of Minnesota, biomedical engineers in the university's College of Science and Engineering um, have developed a non-invasive system that allows people to control flying robots Hmm. by using only their minds. The engineers created a skull cap fitted with 64 electrodes that can track the electrical activity of a subject's brain, the brain signals were sent to a computer which has translated them um, into Wi-Fi commands to a four-blade flying robot. So, for example, when a research subject um, was asked to think about making a fist with his right hand, um, the robot would move to the right. The subject didn't have to actually make a fist uh, to see the robot perform the command. Oh, it was just all thought. It's all cool. thought process. But the subjects were able to get good enough to maneuver the flying robot through two large rings suspended from a gymnasium ceiling. The, hmm. the lead researchers, Bin He, a biomedical engineering professor, said that the technology has the potential thought uh, has the potential to create thought-controlled wheelchairs, artificial wow. limbs, or other devices t- for use by people who are paralyzed or have neurogenerative uh, neurodegenerative disease. diseases. Yeah, that's a cool point because I'm I'm like okay, that's really really cool, neat technology. Mm-hmm. But imagine if somebody who is uh, completely unable to use their limbs, for example, could control a wheelchair and. Just by their thoughts. Just, just to be able to enjoy that part of life, to be able to get around. That's awesome. And the technology can be that far along. And it's just to be able to function normally. Like, you know, you have to, with, I'm not sure how the limb technology works yeah. today. But I think if you could control it with a thought that is being able to function like a normal person, you wouldn't feel mm-hmm. this big difference between you and somebody else because you both have to think to move your arms. So who cares if you know if that arm is plastic? You both are thinking to move it. Yeah, if if I could, if they could get it to that point where it's actually, well, they talk about <laughs> lifting up yeah. your right fist. Well, imagine if you could actually do that with a robotic arm just by thinking about it. That's like borderline I think that's miraculous. Crazy. That's awesome. Cool. So, also in the news, um, schools are being urged to sign up for a code-breaking um, competition aimed at developing the next generation of cy- cybersecurity experts. Mm. Teenagers from 14 to 16 will put their wits against each other to break secret messages and then write their own. Schools will score points for coming up with the toughest codes and then when a virtual co- and then have a virtual contest attempting to crack those of codes of other schools. Hmm. It is an extension of what is known as a cybersecurity challenge, which is in its fourth year and designed to find 
um, and encourage people to work in computer security, protecting people and organizations from hackers and computer viruses. <laughs> That's so interesting. <laughs> I think about all these codebreaker iOS apps and things. And so, like, mm. are they, like, monitoring? And wouldn't that be weird if, you know, you got an email all of the, or you, you got a pop-up in the game? Hey, mm. you're one of our number one codebreakers. Come work for the FBI. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but they're they're doing it with kids. They're doing That's it cool. with kids. Yeah. Kind of a little bit creepy, Whoa. but cool nonetheless. What's yeah. this? What is this? Oh, that looks like the PS4. Nice. (laughs) So Sony is set to sell the PlayStation 4 for a cheaper price than Microsoft's rival Xbox One. The Japanese (laughs) firm announced that the E3 trade show um, is it. uh, That its machine will be sold for 345 pounds. In the UK, um, for 399. Um... Sorry, no, for in the UK for three hundred and forty nine pounds, sorry. And right, in the right. US for three hundred and ninety nine uh dollars and three hundred and ninety nine Euros across Europe. It added that it would not impose restrictions on second hand games. Oh. That's um, a little jab at Microsoft right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sony also revealed that its box would look like having previously kept the design under wraps at its February <laughs> um, PS4 press conference. Is it just me or is it... It's like it's the PS4. It's boxier than the PS3, <laughs> but otherwise the same. It looks the same. Looks the same, but just boxier. And the controller's thinner. Is it a little bit thinner? There you go. Maybe. Maybe. It could just be the angle. Could be. Could be. (laughs) (laughs) So, for many in the audience at the Los Angeles event, the scale of the price difference came as the biggest shock. Earlier in the day, Microsoft had revealed its new console would cost £429 in the UK and $499 in the US and €499 across Europe. So, Stefan Torlito, editor-in-chief of the gaming news site um, Kotaku, said, Microsoft is going to need to look again at the price or explain why it offers better value, such as the inclusion of its Kinect sensor. Hmm. Okay, PS4 versus Xbox One. Go. Uh, From past experience with Xbox 360 and PS3. What do you think is the best system? (laughs) I don't know. I it's it's hard because I'm such a Microsoft lover when it comes. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's hard because like I just I love the game quality. No intelligent life down here. <laughs> oh. I'm just not. You know, I love the PS3. I love Fallout. I love the games. Sure. Okay. It. Yeah. But I just. But I don't I'm know. A they're, 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 fangirl. <laughs> There's just How something about Microsoft that I just I like about the Xbox. Like, um, sorry that I asked, folks. <laughs> except the Red Ring of Death. That's the only thing I don't like. <laughs> so I could say PS3 has that. It's never once, you know, given me this deathly ring that I have to go, you know, call sure. up my dad to pay for and fix yeah. and. Um, or the sit there, works, sit there at the dinner good. table, start yeah. tweaking for a week because mm-hmm. I can't be playing my Xbox. I'm just, I grew up with always, you know, wanting yeah. to play Halo after school. My favorite games were on the Xbox. Jot is reminding us that Fallout is a PC game as well, which ironically would be on Windows. <laughs> but <laughs> even still, it's a valid point. You don't need to go out and buy an Xbox 364. Um, Dave Maydu votes for the PlayStation any day. Especially today. So I am sorry. I, I really don't like to have to censor the show after the fact. I mean, to have to go back and post-produce and I love Microsoft and beep. Ah, Erica, Erica, Erica. What else you got for me? Well, I like... Well, okay, it's better than Microsoft. <laughs> so it's like, what, like a flaming bag of... No, Wonderfulness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you better watch out, groundhogs. 
Because Honda engineers are racing to build the world's uh, the world's fastest lawnmower after being um, put up by the task by Top Gear magazine. No. Yeah, the world's fastest lawnmower. That's even better than the Xbox. <laughs> They are targeting a speed of 130 miles per hour. That could ease on a lawnmower. On a lawn, that's faster than I've ever driven in a car. Ever, ever. ever. Wowzers! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so uh, that would easily beat the current road uh, speed record. Um, that is nine uh, ninety-six point five miles per hour, claimed by the fuel-addictive firm Gold Eagle. A first look at the machine showing flames coming out of the exhaust oh, has been po- been posted <laughs> online. Oh boy. The British Lawnmower Racing Association, yes, that's a real thing, said Top Gear's mower would not be able to compete in the July's World Comp- uh, Championship because of the strict limits on the number of modifications um, allowed <laughs> on the motors and the bodies of the lawnmower. Honda said it's hard to simply, um, it had simply taken on the product uh, project to promote its sporty credentials. Unreal. Yeah, because when I think of <laughs> sporty companies, I think, yeah, well, how fast does your lawnmower go? Well, <laughs> faster than yours, because it can go faster than my car. That's crazy. Imagine what that would do to your, <laughs> to your like your grass. Especially if you've got hills. What about grass quality? Like, if you're just flying <laughs> over hills? I, I get the impression that it's actually, like, a something that people do. Like, get on their lawnmowers and race. Well, I guess in the UK, it's a, it's, it it's is a thing a, there. It's a thing there. Like. <laughs> you guys make fun of us <laughs> for living in igloos and stuff. <laughs> Goodness me. You guys are racing your lawn. What if someone starts using it like, you know when you have those uh, dirt bikes on the side of the road? Like, right. Not dirt bikes, but... Like a four-wheeler like, or something. Like a four-wheeler or when they have uh, Vespas or like, you know, like, like little motorized vehicles. What if they start using these on the side of the road? Danger. Because, Danger. yeah. It's just and what <laughs> if you were able to control it with your thoughts? Ah, cool, cool. <laughs> well, <laughs> you guys can also uh, get the full stories at Category5.tv Newsroom. The Category5.tv Newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions um, by our community of viewers if you have a news story you think is worthy for an on-air mention, email newsroom at, at, at category5.tv. And then f- for the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Erica Lalonde. Thanks, Erica. Tonight's show is brought to you in part by Netflix. Get your free one-month trial at cat5.tv slash Netflix. Also, Category 5 Technology TV is brought to you in part by NetTalk at cat5.tv slash phone. And now they've got unlimited text messaging. You can eliminate the need for a wireless text plan with your cell phone provider. We were mentioning off the top. I mean, data plans can be really, really expensive. Well, now you can wipe it out by getting a NetTalk Duo device. Check out cat5.tv slash phone for more details. That is the NetTalk Duo, and uh, that's the Wi-Fi right there, which... It's pretty brilliant because you can connect it to the internet with no cables. Just plug in your phone and go. Awesome. Well, I would love to get into some viewer questions if we could. I love receiving your questions live at category5.tv. Thanks for sending them in to us. Uh, And, of course, we're trying to watch the chat room as fast as we can, too. It's it's kind of flying by as well. Um, But uh, email us live at category5.tv to try to make sure that we get in. Before we do that, I should mention... Last week, it happened. We're, we were just about to sign on the air, and we got an email, and we didn't actually even get to see it until just after we had signed off. And I was like, oh! So I just want to give shouts out, because Robert Gerzinski wrote us last week and said, tonight's my mom's birthday, and could you just wish her a happy birthday? So even though we're a week late, I just want to say uh, a very, very happy birthday on behalf of Category 5 TV from here in Canada. Yes. Happy belated birthday, and uh, we really appreciate uh, your boy. You've you've raised him well. <laughs> All right, so That's we can off. jump into the viewer of questions. Of course. So. so for the 
Uh, we have a viewer question. It's more of a congratulations. Ah. Uh, from D. Kelly 810. Um, hey, D. Kelly. She's sending our um, congratulations to Abigail uh, and ah. Dennis. Um, uh, Abigail, uh, f- just for the congratulations of their wedding. The email. Oh, yes, from Dennis. Okay. Yes. I was going to say, because no, she <laughs> Sorry, married from Kyle. Dennis. What are you talking about? Okay. Yeah, uh, Abigail uh, Smith, now Abigail Page, is uh, is married. It's been a couple or a few weeks now, and she's back from the honeymoon and raring to go. So congratulations. Thank you for sending that in, for sure. And we have one from Some Little Shoe. Um, hey! <laughs> I just watched your video about setting up Wirecast. I saw you adjusting cool. the saturation, brightness, and etc. on your cam okay. picture. Adjusting the picture like that is a part of what Wirecast can do, or did you change the picture color and brightness of the cam on your computer? Right. Okay. So we demonstrated just to go back a little ways. This was that was your first episode, wasn't it? I think when so. we looked at how to connect a bunch of cameras to Telestream Wirecast. Was that Let's episode two thirty six? Let's see how good her memory is, folks. Two thirty six. I'm going over to category five dot TV or two thirty seven. Uh-huh. And in the search box over at the right hand side here, I'm typing in Wirecast, and we'll use Microsoft LifeCam Studio because those are the cameras that we were using that episode. Um, so two thirty six. Yes. Well done. <laughs> that was one of your 12 guesses. So how cool. Okay. So on that episode, so that's how you can find it, episode number 236. Um, I'm just going to close that before it, it starts blasting our audio. What we had done is we showed how to hook up multiple 1080p mm-hmm. webcams to Telestream Wirecast. And when you saw me adjusting the focus and the saturation and the colors and, and all that kind of stuff, that is actually a feature of the Microsoft LifeCam Studio driver. So it's not a feature. That in particular is not a feature of Wirecast. Wirecast is a switcher, but it works with the source basically as you provide it. That said, it does provide the ability to go to the source settings and you can change things like that based on the the video cam driver. So cool. So I hope that answers. But that that was all part of the driver for the LifeCam. And well, accessible good. from within Wirecast. So, we have another question from Naked Cook. Hey, Naked Cook. <laughs> like the <Naked> name. Cook. <laughs> so, Robbie, all of the programs on Linux, um, yours is the most informative. Hey, you thanks. Guys, you guys are amazing, but here's my thing. Most Linux tutorials are based on software. What's the right. best and is good for me coming from Windows Mac environment if you buy a computer system uh, 76 that's not available here it's a lot of money so if I'm going to um, build uh, purely for Linux what do I do it mm. seems that Linux is more sensitive to hardware and yes it's due mm. to the free open source your thoughts and my name is Garth okay Garth um, the whole thing about Linux being more picky, uh, finicky about hardware, really, I don't think it has as much of an, uh, an impact as it used to. Mm-hmm. Printers, yeah, you probably want to go with like a brother printer that you know has Linux printer drivers, um, things like that. But uh, generally speaking, I mean, it's going to work on anything that you throw, like that you throw it on. But some distros may have a different focus and may work better on certain hardware. I know like if you're using Wi-Fi on a laptop, there are you know there may be problems with Ubuntu, but Point Linux may work just fine or vice versa. That kind of thing can be true because it's really what they package in with the distribution. So I would think that uh best thing possibly to do would be to get into forums uh for the distributions that you're looking at, find out what hardware other people are running. But that doesn't really you know, these days, yeah, I mean, good guy, Steam, uh, System76 isn't available in their area. I wonder mm-hmm. if maybe what you could do is go to System76, find out the specs, because it's going to display what they're actually using in the in their builds, and say, okay, well, they chose this motherboard because we know it's compatible with Linux, so maybe we go for that. 
uh, and th then build something similar. Not to take the business away from them, but if it's not available to you uh, where you live, then then uh, that's uh, that is what it is, right? So, but uh, I've I've had really uh, really good luck with uh, you know the things are changing. I I stand by Nvidia. I love Nvidia. And that's what all of our systems run, and all of our chipsets, even the laptop, is NVIDIA chipset. Because um, I wasn't a big fan of AMD and and the uh, ATI uh, cards and and all that, but those times are changing too. So, uh, you know, I think they're becoming better and better, and who knows, right? So, I think it's also personal preference. But to get it working. Really, Linux. I mean, if you try three different distros, probably one of them will hit the nail on the head, and it'll work just fine. So it's picking the one that works for you. We we switched over to Point Linux just for an example. We were using mm -hmm. PC Linux OS, and PC Linux OS seven has just been released. Just so you know, so if you're using PC Linux OS, awesome. You want to get that. Uh, we were using that, and then when they brought out version six, it's stopped working on our hardware. So that's where we said, okay, now we've got to find another distro. So uh, Ubuntu twelve point oh four worked, but it was sluggish. And Point mm -hmm. Linux worked flawlessly, so you can see, you know, between three different distros, one of them is going to work. It's it's all Linux, but each one is packaged a little bit differently and has support for different hardware um, in different ways. So, but for the failsafe, I mean, find out some hardware that is already working for people. Get into the forums, Ubuntu forums, and mm -hmm. and things like that, and find out what people say, what people are using. Ubuntu is a good example because they've got a really big community base, and people will answer your questions there. That's awesome. Now we got another question from Jot. Oh, yeah? Hey, yes. Jot. Well, it's more of a personal question. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. So according to Robbie's personal website at www.robbieferguson.net, he's known as Robbie Ferguson, a.k.a. DJ Robbie F. Mm, those were I the days. I was <laughs> wondering, does the DJ stand for disc jockey or data jockey? Regards, mm. John. DJ Robbie F was my stage name. So that was all disc jockey stuff. Yeah. Your stage name? Yeah. You had a stage back name? Day. Yeah, back before Becca and I had kids, we were on the stage uh, quite a bit. We played all around Ontario and, yeah, so. <laughs> DJ. Why are people laughing? It's awesome. No, it's pretty cool. We did uh, Eurotrance and Vocal Trance and Electronica and, yeah. That's awesome. And we're going to pick it up one day, but. Uh, we should bring it on to the show sometime. Invincible Mutant is my favorite in the chat room. Love you, man. I should mention, too, um, for our viewers who are joining us from mainland China, really, really exciting news. You know that we've been working on getting that alt feed going so that you have access to the show through the Great Firewall of China. We've actually been able to migrate all feeds together. We're in the process of doing it. We're talking terabytes of data being transferred from one server wow. in California to another server halfway around the world. So that process is underway. Uh, we've been running it. it. The transfer has already taken over 100 hours of consistent transferring. Um, my bandwidth bill is going to be crazy. But what it means to you <laughs> in mainland China is that you're going to be able to subscribe to our regular feeds. You're going to be able to access the video on our website. It's all going to be transparent to the firewall. So you're going to be able to actually catch the show as other users do. For people in America, in Europe, in, uh, in Russia, and Canada, uh, and everywhere in between where you're not blocked, what you're going to see is that the RSS feeds, everything is going to be a lot faster. Everything is being moved onto a different CDN, and uh, you're going to be able to receive the feeds much, much faster than ever before. So if you want to find out more, check out my blog. It's mm -hmm. baldnerd.com, and uh, there is some information there about the tests that we've been running they were successful and very, very happy to announce. So uh, for those who are from China, um, just want to let you know. So That's awesome. Just, remind, just reminded me there. So, <laughs> And we got one more question uh, from, the, from our questions. So, hi, Robbie. Could you please show how to install Wine and Team Viewer in Point Linux? I jumped from Zoran OS to Point Linux, and so far I've, I haven't been successful in installation okay. um, of Team uh. Viewer. I understand that the 
It needs wine to run on in Lennox. Thank you. Keep up the good work. And f uh, best regards from Kivo. I don't think it... I don't know that it requires wine. Um, I don't think. Maybe it does, but... I... But I love the question. I love that, okay, uh, you know, here I am. I've made the transition over to Point Linux mm -hmm. and probably loving the, the distribution anyways. But um, here's the thing is that we need to learn our way around getting some things to install because it's not because mm -hmm. of a Point Linux thing. It's because Point Linux is based on Debian 7. So it is a whole different beast to anything, you know, that, that came previously because we don't have the IA32 libs and you know you're running a 64-bit distro I guarantee you because otherwise you wouldn't be having any trouble maybe but I don't think so I think you're running 64-bit and that's exactly what the problem is um, so let's see what we can do we've got uh, about 10 minutes left of the show so this is fantastic I'm gonna bring up my web browser I'm gonna get uh, over to um, TeamViewer do a quick search TeamViewer.com, nice and simple. Okay, download. It's automatically detected that I'm on Linux. Now, I know that I'm on 64-bit Linux. So typically what you would do is, of course, without even thinking about it, you would download that and you would save it or open it with GW Package Manager. And in my case, because I want to show you what's going on, let's actually just download it. And we're going to go dpk, well, sudo dpkg dash i for install team viewer there we go and we're gonna see some interesting things go on here whole bunch of dependencies unavailable well here's the thing okay it requires ia32 libs well what did i say already okay sudo apt-get install and let's do ia32 libs see what happens guess what it doesn't exist there's no such thing because we are on Debian 7. It's a multi-arc system as mm -hmm. opposed to the old method of doing things. So it's new, it's improved, it's fantastic, but you need to understand your way around. Now the problem is because they've built the TeamViewer 64-bit package as, as if it has a requirement for IA32 libs, you're right, you can't install it. But what you can do is you can go with the 32-bit. So what we'll do is we're going to grab that 32-bit file. You'll see that now they've actually, looks like, updated their website to say, also, uh, this will work for multi-arc. So let's do it. I'm going to grab that file. So anytime you see multi-arc, remember, that's you now. Okay, so now I'm going to go ls, and I see that I've got not just the 64-bit, but also the 32-bit. So I'm going to go sudo dpkg-i teamviewerlinux.deb, enter. Okay, so there were some errors. Couldn't find package uh, libxtst6 installed. So what we'll do is we'll do apt-get, no, sorry, sudo apt-get install libxtst6 colon i386 because we need the 32-bit uh, the, uh, version of that because that's what we're installing here and hit enter. We'll see now that's actually forced TeamViewer to continue installing. Processing triggers for menu, blah, blah, blah. We're done. So now we can go sudo apt-get update. We, oh, we should get no errors unless we misspell update. There we go. So should be no errors. There we go. And if there are any errors, we can do a dash F. I'll show you how to do that if you get any errors about um, some, some packages missing. We can do this. Okay, so you see I've got no errors, so I'm good to go. sudo apt-get install-f will simply force anything that needs to be installed that's required. So now that that's done, okay, and I'll post all the information in the show notes for episode number 299, all right? So you'll see all the commands that I'm throwing in here into terminal, um, and you can do it at your own pace. Let's see if TeamViewer is now on my menus. Yes, TeamViewer 8. You see it is on Internet. Okay. So let's give it a try. TeamViewer 8. There we go. Accept my license. And we're in. We're set. So that's all there is to it. Um, keep in mind that TeamViewer is free for non-commercial use only. And of course, if you want to use it for commercial use, you need to purchase a license.
But there you go. Working in Point Linux. This is the same version that you're running. So, Oops. Cool. Thank you very much for the question. No problem. Good guy was saying in the chat that he couldn't get um, the NVIDIA driver working on Point Linux. NVIDIA. Okay. So for that, um, what I do is um, go into Synaptic Package Manager. Okay. And type NVIDIA as your quick search. And you see, I've already got it installed because I did this when I first installed my system. There's a package called NVIDIA-Detect. Simply install that. So then, go to your terminal and type sudo NVIDIA-Detect and hit enter. You'll see that it is recommended to install this package, NVIDIA-GLX. So you can copy that to your clipboard. Go back to Synaptic Package Manager and type NVIDIA-GLX and you'll see that that is um, somewhere. There it is. Okay, so that package has installed some other things. That's why I'm seeing more things there. So I installed that package, reboot the computer, and then we're good to go. So NVIDIA Detect is actually going to tell you in Point Linux which driver am I supposed to use. Then you just find that package. It tells you which package to install reboot your computer. It's literally that easy. I mean, gone are the days where installing a video driver is tough. You know, when you had to kill X sessions and go through all those hoop, hoops and all that kind of stuff. It's that easy. So, good luck. Let us know if that, uh, if that solved it for you, okay? Because that would be awesome. Any other questions for us uh, while we're still here? In the meantime, just to let you know, Big news. I mean, next week is a mm -hmm. huge show. You know, this is episode number 299. Next week, Carrie Webb is going to be joining us in studio. Uh, we are going to be having a look back hosted by Carrie Webb, the original, very first co-host of Category 5 TV. She was here from seasons one and two, and she's going to be hosting the show. So it's a, it's a really special episode. Mm -hmm. We're going to actually be looking back over... 300 episodes of Category 5 TV just to kind of refresh, you know, where have we come from? We're going to look at some of the early days and then uh, scream through all the way up to episode number 300 within hopefully about an hour. So, um, And uh, then following the show, it's a very special broadcast, but following the show, get your webcam set up, get Google Plus uh, up and running, and you'll be able to join the Google Plus Hangout. We're actually going to be sitting in the studio, not just me, not just Carrie, but uh, a handful of, of the co-hosts and myself and and lots of people are going to be here, and we're going to be we're going to be chatting with mm -hmm. you. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So think of your questions or comments about uh, Category Five, and uh, that's the way to go. Other thing that thank you for reminding <laughs> me. We love to give stuff away, and this is here to remind me. We uh, you remember we reviewed this product. This is the newer tech seven port uh, USB 2.0 hub, but it has a 2.1 amp powered output so you can recharge your iPad whatever device you can power a TV uh, like mini PC unit whatever it's it's 2.1 amps dedicated power it's fantastic the uh, this is you know it's seven ports USB 2.0 it's a really sleek little device and uh, they've sent us one to give away after we reviewed it uh, several months ago so really excited to have that for you that we're gonna be giving away two weeks from tonight all you have to do is be in the chat room and if you can't be in the chat room during the live show send me an email tonight live at category 5.tv doesn't have to be tonight just between now and then make sure you send me an email let me know where you're from and uh, then we will include you in that draw live at category TV. We'll send this anywhere in the world, uh, so we want you to win it. All right? Mm -hmm. It's awesome. It's from Newer Technology, and uh, we're going to post all the links, all the information in the show notes for episode number 299, but it's newertech.com. Newertech.com. Check them out and win one of those in a couple weeks. So I, I think that's all the time that we have. That is all tonight. the time we have for Whew. today. Phew. <laughs> well... Thanks, folks. The, yeah. the only thing left to say as I look over my <laughs> things to do tonight. Wowzers! <laughs> Tonight's show is brought to you in part by Erica's shirt, adzerk.com, the world's fastest asynchronous ad code. If you've got a website, tonight you learned how to detect whether or not it's safe. Now you want to actually make money off of it. You can sell some ads. Use adzerk to be able to track all of the advertising that you put into your website. It's adzerk.com. Dot com. Check them out. That's all the time we have. Erica, great to see you. Looking forward yes. to seeing you next week as we uh, celebrate 300 episodes Episode. here at Category 5. 
What a milestone. Join us again, uh, mentioned this Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. We will be live on Category 5 Radio, and you'll find the links on our website and through our, uh, our Twitter feed as well, Category 5 TV. So have a great week, everybody. See you on Episode 300. See you later. Night. Have a good night. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local show times in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 